Welcome to Fantasy Football Spotlight. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Spotlight here. It's uh, me, Zach Shea, here with Nathan Block. Today, we are going to be going over our three undervalued running backs and quarterbacks. Last time, we went over our overvalued ones. So let's go ahead and kick it right off. Nathan, who's your number three undervalued running back this year? All right. Before we get started, I want to preface this real quick. Um, Zach and I aren't just some guys that don't know what we're talking about. Since our league formed back in 2015, Zach has the winningest record. I have the second winningest record in our league. Um, Zach's got two championships. I've got one championship. So we're not just some schmums that don't know what we're talking about. We, we've done our background knowledge, and we know what we're doing. That being said, my number three undervalued running back is going to be DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions, and here is why. All right, DeAndre Swift, I was talking about in the undervalued, how I liked him better than some of the um, running backs below him or above him. And I think DeAndre Swift is going to have a breakout season his second year in the league. Um, he, I had him in one of my leagues last year, and he kind of saved me in a couple weeks. I mean, he, he's, he was hit or miss in a few weeks. Um, had the had some big games here and there. Had some injury problems, but I think he's going to um, be well, more well prepared for this season. Um, I mean, last year he was uh, played 13 games, only started four games, still ended up with 521 yards, and he's a touchdown machine. He had eight eight touchdowns on the ground last season, and I think that's only going to continue to improve as he's now the lead back in Detroit. Uh, Jamal Williams is still going to get some touches there, but I think DeAndre Swift is going to be. Um, that guy for the Detroit Lions, uh, whole new offense, new head coach, um, new quarterback coming in. So a new system coming in, I think it's going to benefit DeAndre Swift. Um, he's looking well in camp right now, and he looks to take control right away. And so I think DeAndre Swift could um, jump up in the rankings board. Let me see exactly where he is projected to go. But I remember last time I talked about how he could have gone ahead of a couple other running backs um, yeah, he's listed as the 15th ranked running back right now. I like him better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I like him better than Najee Harris. I mean, those two for sure I would put him above because just because of the production he's going to get and um, the schemes match up well for DeAndre Swift. So I like DeAndre Swift over those two, especially um, sleeper pick in my opinion. Yeah, um, I'm just I just pulled up uh, stats from last year real quick, um, just to see kind of where he was at on a points per game basis with other guys. Um, so other guys that were right around him, uh, Zeke, uh, Ronald Jones, uh, Kenny Drake obviously was not a backup last year like he is uh, like he is or will be this year. Uh, Melvin Gordon, same thing right there. Uh, Austin Eckler in his limited time uh, had the exact same points per game. Uh, he was you mentioned that you like him better than uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He actually had a better points per game last year than uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, this is in um, standard even too. So let me see uh, PPR kind of where he's at. Um, yeah, he had a full uh, three and a half points more in PPR per game. So, I mean, we're looking pretty strong there, especially with, uh, I mean, they're gonna be in garbage time almost every single game. I made a, I made a TikTok about uh, why I love TJ Hawkinson this year. And it's kind of that same reason where you're going to get into that fourth quarter and be down double digits um, quite a bit. I, I feel like DeAndre Swift, even with Jamal Williams, um, I mean, they're going to – I feel like they're going to give DeAndre Swift every chance in the world to prove himself. All right. 
So I'm going to go ahead and go um, with my number three um, undervalued running back, and that is Nick Chubb. Um, the reason I have him at number three, I, I kind of thought about moving him higher, but just with where, um, with how important those early picks are, I decided to put him, um, you know, on my top three list. Uh, right now, he's going behind Saquon and Jonathan Taylor, and this is more of a philosophical, I guess, um, explanation than a stat-based. I usually try to like rely on facts and stats um, to help support my argument. But here, there's that saying that you can't win your league in the first round, but you can lose it. And by going with someone like Saquon, you're kind of risking your whole season on your first round pick. And that's just not, I can't, I just can't get behind that under any format. Um, so for, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I, I liked Jonathan Taylor when he had a starting quarterback and his all world left guard, um, was not having surgery. So that's why I kind of, like I said, it's more of a philosophical explanation than a stat-based one. Um, I just, I cannot get behind. I, I actually, I like Austin Eckler this year, um, like I have no issue if you if you grab one of these top running backs like um, let's say Nick Chubb or Zeke or something like that in the first round and you want to go running back heavy and grab Eckler on like your way back if he falls to you I'm totally fine with having him as like that high upside RB two with you know potentially sneak into that RB one um, or even like mid to high RB one territory um, but I just even with like Eckler I can't I can't get behind him in front of Nick Chubb which I've seen. Uh, and quite a few mock drafts. So um, that is why I'm going with Nick Chubb for now. Yeah, and kind of the same thing you talked about earlier with um, Saquon Barkley. I mean, they talked today about him and why I didn't like him. I like Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, and Austin Eckler more than Saquon Barkley. Like you said, you could lose your draft or lose your league in the first round if you so take Barkley. I think Nick Chubb is one of those undervalued guys. Um, he has proven to be a horse in the past. So yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I mean, I, this might be a little bit, bit of an exaggeration. I'm not going to go quite, like, I don't mean this to the exact extent, but if you if you take Kareem Hunt out of that offense, like, let's say Kareem Hunt gets injured, Nick Chubb kind of turns into, like, closer to Derrick Henry and will also get more receptions. Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb will turn into the full-time guy. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I actually, sorry. Yeah, I saw he, he actually had, um, I would have to double-check this, but, I believe he had the second most catches by a running back in the playoffs last year. So it's not like that they hate him receiving out of the backfield. Right. Just like, I mean, you do have Kareem Hunt. I'm not a big Kareem Hunt fan um, on or off the field, if I'm being honest. But uh, <laughs> like, so you don't need to like have Nick Chubb go into that realm of the game necessarily because Kareem Hunt is really good at it, even though they don't really give him too many opportunities either, surprisingly. Um, but just if something were to happen to Cremont, Nick Chubb's stock goes up and he's already a tier one. Uh, I mean, well, a tier two if you mm – -hmm. he's a RB1. Yep. So, all right, Nathan, give us your number right. two. Moving into my second spot, I'm going with Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon. All right. A.J. Dillon is moving into the number two role. I know Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of the work. All right, I understand that. But even last year with Jamal Williams on the team, Jamal Williams still had 119 carries, 
505 yards and two touchdowns. Plus, he was the receiving back, so to speak, 31 carry or 31 catches, 236 yards and touchdown. That's Jamal Williams' stat line from last year, all right? Jamal Williams out of the picture now in Detroit. A.J. Dillon moves in to take that spot. While he might not be the kind of guy that's going to catch all the passes, he's a, he's a brute. I mean, he's six two, what six foot 247. I mean, he's, he's a huge kid, and um, he's going to get some goal line carries. We saw what he could do against um, – uh, saw what he could do last year when the, when the Titans played against the Packers in that uh, December game. Kind of popped off when he got his number called. Um, I mean, last season, 242 yards on 46 carries, averaging 5.3 yards per carry. I know that uh, Titans game kind of skews the numbers a little bit, but it shows what he's capable of doing. Five yards a carry, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, especially as a um, backup running back. And, I mean, A.J. Dillon's going behind guy, behind guys like Jamal Williams of the Lions, which no offense to the Lions or anything, but they're not going to be using their backups as much as Green Bay might be given the situations of the games. Um, Michael Carter of the Jets is in front of him. Uh, I do like Melvin Gordon, but James Conner of the Cardinals is even in front of um, uh, Dylan and draft boards. I just don't see that happening. I mean, I think that Dylan's proven himself enough to the Packers offense, at least. I read a report today that uh, Dylan's being trusted with more carries in the offense. He's had a good preseason so far. So yeah, I know Aaron Jones is there, but A.J. Dylan's going to get some reps too, just like Jamal Williams had last season. I expect Dylan to get that same kind of workload that Williams had in his tenure with the Packers. Yeah. Um, just looking up, I was just kind of curious because I know Aaron Jones missed uh, a couple of games last year. So I was kind of wondering what um, the fantasy out, output was from um, Jamal Williams when he kind of took over that lead role. And he scored over 20 points in both games that Aaron Jones was out. So, I mean, if, if Jones were to go down even just a couple of games, like, I mean, you're looking at a guy that you can plug in and, I mean, you get top 10 running back potentially um, right. right there. So, and at this point of the draft where you're trying to grab, um, you know, like high upside guys late, like what's the ceiling on James Conner? Like if Chase Edmonds goes down, like, I mean, maybe, but like even still like the Cardinals goal line back is Kyler Murray. Like it's not <laughs> like they're like, it's like upside there is just not, it's kind of non-existent. James Conner has his own issues. Um, injury-wise. So to grab someone with the high upside of A.J. Dillon, potentially, um, I actually, I rank my um, handcuffs uh, separately. Um, let me see what I have. I know I have him pretty high. Um, yeah, I have him as, I have him as the number two handcuff. Um, yeah. Your handcuff this year. That doesn't include guys who get a lot of time, um, like, let's say, uh, Gus Edwards and Latavius Murray. I don't really put yeah. them in that same exact um rankings that I do but uh, in terms of pure handcuff I have AJ Dillon which I mean if he's getting um you definitely know better than I do being being the Packers fan but um you know with him getting reps um with the first team like he might have he might move into that kind of Gus Edwards Latavius Murray role where I mean in a pinch he's your bi-week replacement or something like that yeah Jones is healthy so um that would be a guy who's not like it's not like he's useless when Aaron Jones Right. Healthy. So, uh, yeah, that right. could definitely be big. And I, I could see them, um, you know, if they get to third and one or like third and goal from the one and they haven't been able to punch it in, why not give it to the right. LeGarrette Blunt type back and be like, all right, here we go. Right. And that, I mean, on top of that, like you brought up a good point. I'm not saying this is what they're going to do because I haven't like seen anything like it, but he could be used as a fullback type too. I mean, I know they don't, they don't like carries, but he can see this feel at the same time that Aaron Jones can. And I think that um, just his versatility and his um, bruteness is going to give him more opportunities than 
say Jamal Williams would have gotten in that role. Might not be the third down passing back, but maybe the third down running back. Yeah, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to go behind guys like Kenyon Drake, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette. I just I mean Leonard Fournette's going to split carries. But we talked about him last time, and I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. I mean AJ Dillon's the same kind of guy as him, but I think he's quicker. So yeah. I like AJ Dillon more than those three running backs, as well as the running backs I mentioned before. Yeah, I definitely want no part of Leonard Fournette or David Johnson ahead of AJ. This is the fourth Dillon. round. Yeah, they're. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he will, ne- he will never live that one down uh, at all. All right, uh, my number two uh, undervalued running back is uh, Miles Gaskin from uh, James's Dolphins. Great segue. There we go. Great segue, Nathan. Um, so I know he can – I'll preface this. I do know that he had some injury issues last year. Um, but – I'm not, and this like pains me to say, because I really enjoyed watching Tua in college. I'm not a big like guy that roots for Alabama or anything, but just like when he came into that championship game, like how do you not root for him after that? But I'm just not a Tua believer. I'm just not. Um, when I watched it, I watched him a decent amount last year when he played, and he just does not look like he has it to me. Uh, I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. Like seems like a great dude. I'm rooting for him. Um, he just does not seem – he just doesn't seem like he has it to me. Um, so I do expect Miles um, Gaskin to get a good amount of work, even though – like they signed Malcolm Brown. Like that doesn't really move the needle for me too much. They have a couple of other backs that they had last year. So um, here's the big thing for me. So he's going kind of in like a mid to low end RB2 range. Um, and something that I really want out of my – RB2 is volume if I can get it because I don't want if like if I'm trying to grab a running back in this range I want to be able to grab them and not have to worry about it so Miles Gaskin finished um, he averaged 18.3 touches per game while he was active Um, that's more than Alvin Kamara uh, Nick Chubb Miles Sanders Aaron Jones, Chris Carson. Now, I, after listing those names, I want to say I'm not saying pick Miles Gaskin ahead of like Aaron Jones or Chris Carson or anything. I am picking him ahead of Miles Sanders, but other than that, I'm not picking him ahead of any of those other names. Um, but what I'm saying is when he's playing, you don't have to worry about some dud like five point PPR game. Like I had Miles, I, I had Melvin Gordon in a league last year who's kind of like, um, now he's kind of he's kind of dropped down a little bit, but at the beginning of like I guess the, when the fa- when draft fantasy draft season started, Melvin Gordon was going a little closer to where Miles Gaskin was going, and like gosh, the amount of games that Melvin Gordon had last year in that like sing- like mid single digit range was so frustrating. But I just don't think that you have to worry about that with Miles Gaskin as long as he stays healthy. Um, my only other knock on him because I don't want to just give you just positive information here. Uh, my other knock on him is if he does go down, there's not really like a clear handcuff for him. Um, they have, um, like I said, um, Malcolm Brown, um, I think Salvin Ackman from last year. Um, so there's not really a clear handcuff there, but um, that's kind of that's kind of splitting hairs there. So anyway, that is why I the touches is the main reason that I feel like I really like Miles Gaskin um, in my RB two spot, and I'm willing to take him ahead of guys like Miles Sanders. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Miles Gaskin, I picked him up in our league last year, and Miles Gaskin yeah. was one of those guys that, I mean, I could rely on week in, week out until I ended up trading him to James because I got Joe Mixon and that didn't work out for me. But uh, <laughs> Miles Gaskin was a guy that, I mean, that's the volume like you're talking about. He's one of those guys that's going to get those carries because there's no clear backup to him. Um, he's shown the big play potential, but he's also shown consistency in that as well. And so Miles Gaskin, to me, I do like him better than Miles Sanders, absolutely. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a big Eagles guy, so I think that Miles Gaskin could be a, the kind of guy that you could use in that RP2 slot for you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just looking here, um, this isn't this isn't half PPR. He finished RB11 in fantasy points per game and half PPR. So, I mean, that's if you're in a 12-team league, that's low-end running back one numbers. So just something to think about. Um, all right, Nathan, give us your number one undervalued running back. All right, my number one undervalued running back. All right, I'm going to list off three running backs here and because um, they're all from the same team. And I'm going to list their stats from last season. All right, running back one, 156 carries, 687, uh, two touchdowns. Running back two, 481 um, on 112 carries and four touchdowns. And running back three had 59 carries for 254 yards and no touchdowns. So that's my running back room I'm working with here. And by the looks of these numbers, I want the second running back out of that group. All right, this is the Buffalo Bills running back room. I like Zach Moss. All right. They have a running back by committee kind of approach. But – and the numbers don't really see, don't really sway the needle, I guess, as much. But Zach Moss is more productive than – Singletary and Breed are on their carries, I guess, in a sense. They're already averaging the same amount of yards per carry, but it's the uh, fantasy point value that we're getting out of it. Zach Moss is finding the end zone more than Devin Singletary is. And I looked at reports from Buffalo Bills camp out this week. They're talking a 55-45 split between Singletary and uh, Moss. Moss being the guy getting 55%. Uh, so Breed is kind of out of the picture already. And I think that Moss – has that ability to kind of take over. Singletary's kind of had his chances, I think, with the Bills, and he's kind of fumbled them away, right? He's that kind of guy that's just not really taking that opportunity. And Moss kind of took off last year for a little bit when he was healthy. I uh, had him in one of my leagues. Uh, he kind of saved me for a couple of weeks. Um, but I anticipate him taking that jump again, kind of like A.J. Dillon, but for Moss, it's going to be a bigger role since he's going to be the number one guy. He's at 55-45 right now, but the bill, even the Bills themselves are saying that Zach Moss has that ability to kind of take control of that out of that, out of that locker room. And I know that Josh Allen's their goal back, like Tyler Murray's the Cardinals, but Zach Moss is going to be the guy that's getting more carries down the stretch. He's more reliable than a Devin Singletary when Devin Singletary fumbles the ball. I mean, Zach Moss is more reliable, he's more consistent, and he scores more touchdowns. I want Zach Moss. Yeah. Yeah, um, I just happened to I pulled up goal line carries here from um, from the Bills last year, and actually uh, Zach Moss actually led led that team in goal line carries even um, with not getting a ton of work um, early in the year. So um, that's that includes Josh Allen too. Um, so it's it's not like they're it's not like they're not trusting him to try to get in the end zone when they get down close. Um, the other thing too here that I'm thinking with because um, I actually I kind of was on the same thing. I was like, yeah, I like Josh Allen's their goal line back. Blah, blah, blah. Um, something I just kind of just popped into my head here. Um, somebody on the Bills just got a huge six-year extension for 
over $258 million. Uh, yeah, I think that was uh, Josh Allen. So I don't think that they want to really risk. Not gonna risk like, the future. Like, yeah, like he's the, he's the franchise now. Um, so yeah. I don't think, like, if it is second and goal from the two, and you have see Josh Allen, Allen like, you're not going to be like, all right, Josh Allen, go run a QB draw. Um, right. And be like, all right, yeah, let's go ahead and hand it off to Zach Moss. Like, <laughs> let's not risk Josh Allen getting injured here. Um, and I like they are, should be competing. Um, I'm pretty high on the Bills in general um, this year. Um, so I'm hoping that they compete for a Super Bowl since I know my team uh, will not be. Um, I, I just real quick. Let's, let's do a little side note here just so we can address any um, potential biases in the future. Nathan is a Packers fan. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Um, and we still... Thanks, Dolphins fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we kind of all have, like, our secondary teams that we root for. Um, but, yeah, just to throw that out there real quick. Um, but I feel like we do a very good job of not being... Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah, so the only knock I have against Zach Moss is looking at the draft where he's ranked as the 100-rated player right now, but all the guys in front of him are kind of wide receivers. So if you really need that wideout spot, go ahead and take those wideouts. I mean, Cole Beasley of the Bills, Javon Diggs and be double deal of the year. I think Cole Beasley is going to be a nice um, backup for him. Yeah. Um, a couple of Jaguars receivers are in there, Mike Williams of the Chargers. So those wide receivers are going to be tough to pass up on if you need them because you're probably taking your running backs early. But if you – need that running back Zach Moss is right there for you yeah I mean if um you know the the zero running back or the hero running back strategies are kind of becoming more of a thing especially if you have a late um first round pick like if you're if you got the 12 out of 12 and you go you know uh like digs and and uh, nuke or something and you kind of load up on wide receivers and you like doing the zero running back but um you know and you, you wait to draft your rb2 till real late like you grab you you grab multiple guys um like Zach Moss, who have, um, like, they have a pretty, they have a somewhat clear role to start the year that will, that could expand to a greater role. Yep. So those are the kind of guys you're looking for um, if that is the strategy that um, you choose to utilize in your draft. Um, my number one undervalued running back, and this is, um, I like, I had to double check this, like, ADP, because it just makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, is J.D. McKissick, um, former Seahawk, now Washington football team member. Um, I remembered him last year. Um, I had him on one of my teams, and he was very reliable. For Like, he was in my flex most weeks down the stretch yep. of the season, and I remember being very pleased um, with that. So when I saw that his, uh, his ADP right now is running back 48, um, and his, he finished last year in PPR formats as running back 17. So that is a mid-tier RB2 is how he finished last year in PPR formats. And in PPR formats, he's going at RB48 right now. Um, now, they have come out and said, we want to get Antonio Gibson more involved in the passing game. Um, I said, that is fine. Even like, even if they do, Antonio Gibson's not going to take 40 catches away from J.D. Right. McKissick. Like, and I, I'm not saying that J.D. McKissick is going to end up at running back 17 again. I would be, I would be absolutely, I would be shocked if he ended up as a top 24 running back. So that's not what I'm saying. But running back 48 is just absolutely insane. Um, I feel like I've made my 
fantasy hatred of Leonard Fournette very clear by now. I cannot believe that he is going several rounds ahead of J.D. McKissick. That makes, I just like can't believe it. Um, he had, so he had more targets last year than Alvin Kamara. Like that isn't just going to go away. Like there's not really another running back on there that is going to take that role away from him, at least this year. Um, so, I mean, I am like, if he's there, you know, in one of my, let's say he's there in my, you know, second, third, fourth uh, bench spot that I'm filling, I am, I'm hitting him every single time. I know there's certain guys that I have no issue having on all of my fantasy teams and JD McKissick this year with where he's being drafted is one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, JD McKissick was one of those guys. I think I had him in our league again last year mm-hmm. and he was one of those guys I could rely on. Um, Thanksgiving Day, maybe not Thanksgiving Day, but down the stretch around Thanksgiving, he was one of those guys that, I mean, I has always had my flex spot and I always had guys trying to trade from my league because he kept producing fantasy points. And he was one of those guys that I picked up off the waiver wire that yeah. um, nobody really thought of. And I had him on my team and they're like, oh, I want him because he's getting production, he's being productive. And I mean, running backs that can catch the ball in PPR leagues, those are like, they're gold. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I saw two, um, like, a lot of people, I'm not, I'm not crazy high enough on Antonio Gibson. Like I had one expert, um, I was at the gym and I, I listen to other fantasy podcasts too. Like I'm not like, I'm just trying to soak in as much information from anybody that I can. Um, there are a lot of people who get paid to do this. So I listened to them and I was at the gym and they were talking about the, uh, I almost said the R word with Washington, the Washington football team's field and his bold prediction was that Antonio Gibson finishes the year as running back one for the league and I shut off the podcast <laughs> I was like what because I went on and like went through his game log and Antonio like something crazy like a fourth of his fantasy points for the entire year it might have been even more than that or was against the Cowboys two games like a fourth of his fantasy points for the whole year came in two games against the Cowboys. So like, I'm not crazy high on Antonio Gibson. Like I'm fine grabbing him at his ADP. I think he's like around 15 or something like that. Um, Like I'm fine with that um, if you like him, but I just don't see why JD McKissick would be completely like thrown out of this offense. All right, so those are our six total undervalued running backs. Um, We are going to go ahead and move into our undervalued quarterbacks. Um, On our last podcast, like I said earlier, we did our overvalued. So let's kind of see if we can find some guys who are going a little too late. Um, Nathan, hit us. Who's number three? All right. Here's a fun one for you to start the bat. My number three undervalued quarterback. I want to give you some stats. All right. Now, in the um, ranking boards for quarterbacks, all right, um, the number one ranked quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, put up 374 fantasy points last season. And the number two ranked quarterback, Josh Allen, put up 396 fantasy points last season. All right. Number three, Kyler Murray at 378. Then I'm going to scroll down to the number six quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who put up 383 points last season. Aaron Rodgers had the second most fantasy points among quarterbacks last season, and he's rated as the sixth-ranked quarterback. 
That doesn't make any sense to me, especially because, and you already know this because of the last podcast, Dak Prescott is in front of him, and that makes zero sense. It just doesn't make any sense absolutely whatsoever, all right? I, I mean, I'm not a Dak believer to begin with, but the fact that Dak is rated as the fifth quarterback and he's rated above the um, reigning MVP in Aaron Rodgers, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he's the yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP and he is rated as the sixth ring quarterback. He's coming with a chip on his shoulder. We already know how that works. We saw Michael Jordan in the Bulls back in the 90s. All right, we know how that works. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they were pretty direct with dance. the last dance. Post. Right. <laughs> the last dance. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a better season and mark me down. He's going to have a better season than he did last season. And he's going to have, and he what, hit through for 48 touchdowns last season. All right. He's going around the same guy, kind of guy as Russell Wilson. And we talked about Russell Wilson in the last podcast, who is terrible in the last uh, six weeks of the season. Right. I mean, yeah. Aaron Rodgers threw for 48 touchdowns last season. He's only projected to throw over 35 this year. Do you know who he has on his team? He has Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Marcus Valdez Scanley's good for a big player right now and then. Um, Alan Lazard's going back healthy. He's bringing back Randall Cobb. Robert Tunyon's going to get a lot of red zone targets. I mean, I know we talked about earlier how I'm a Packers fan, but just the being the sixth ring quarterback is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, behind it, that. That's what gets me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a Bears fan. I have, uh, I have Aaron Rodgers at, uh, at QB4 right now. Um, my, I actually, I was trying to convince myself to put him higher. Here's the only, here's the only reason that I did not. And I do, I, two, six is too low. I, I don't get that. Um, I, Dak, what, he was setting the world on fire when he, when he got injured, but I just coming off this, gosh, I just don't know. I don't want to try to, I don't, I don't want to be that guy who picks Dak Prescott coming off of an injury over Aaron Rodgers. Like, even if, even if he, like, let's say Dak does finish better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm not going to be mad at myself for taking Aaron Rodgers over Dak, where if Aaron Rodgers finishes better than Dak and I pick Dak, I will be like, wow, that was so dumb. Like, why did you do that? Um, Yeah. And I actually, I, like some people have laughed at the Randall Cobb move. I, I really like it for you guys. Um, I don't think that that's, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, I do think they just traded for him because Aaron Rodgers wanted him, but. Oh yeah, they absolutely like, traded for him just for the, just to get Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be involved. Though. Yeah. He's going right. to be involved though. Aaron Rodgers is not going to let him just Sit stand on the sideline. Like no, absolutely not. Um, the other, the, the only reason that I did not have, I was thinking about putting him at number three. Um, I have Kyler Murray at number three. Uh, Kyler's injuries last year kind of scared me a little bit. He's not a big dude, um, but just with that rushing upside, I decided to leave him at number three. The reason that I did not put Aaron Rodgers at number three is his touchdown efficiency last year was insane. It was something like, uh, it was over 9% touchdown um, efficiency and his career average is like 6.8 or 6.3 or something like that so I do expect some some regression there um but otherwise I mean you really can't get much safer at quarterback than Aaron Rodgers I mean outside outside of like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen I don't think you're really gonna get much safer yeah I had like I had Rodgers as my number three behind I have Josh Allen as my number one just because he's insane yeah. And then Mahomes. I mean, those two are interchangeable, in my opinion. And then I have Rodgers going, but Murray's one A, one B. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, Murray's a close fourth, but Jack Prescott at five or at four. That's – I you – Jack Prescott was my most overvalued quarterback and the fact that he's behind or above Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry, yeah. but wow. No. I – yeah, I mean, it says a lot. I feel like when a Bears fan agrees with you for the most part, so <laughs> – um, I'm going to, so that's obviously a huge name. Uh, what's Aaron Rodgers now? 37? Is he going at 37? Yeah. yeah he's, he's old, but. So someone, uh, who's almost half his age, um, as my number three, and that is rookie Zach Wilson. Now I want to preface this by saying, if you come out of your draft needing to rely on Zach Wilson at he's all, <laughs> you went wrong somewhere if you even in a two quarterback league if you come out needing to rely on Zach Wilson as your quarterback too you did something wrong so I'm I not like yeah <laughs> so I'm not saying here go ahead and be like all in on Zach Wilson that's not what I'm saying so I just want to preface that with this however I feel like Zach Wilson is a really good example of at least at least for me where season-long projections and fantasy draft rankings differ because they are usually about the same but in season-long projections I do not I do not expect Zach Wilson to be like a top 20 quarterback or anything like that um and I don't I don't even have him there in my draft rankings I think I have him at uh, quarterback 21 or 22 um and here's why I even have him that high he's I think going at uh, let me double check this just so I don't give wrong information here uh, he is currently going uh ADP quarterback 27, uh, and yeah, I have him at 22. So the reason that I have him that high is because of the upside potentially late. Um, and this is probably a little more relevant to super flex leagues or two quarterback leagues where you can have him as your third quarterback and maybe you have someone that doesn't have crazy high upside as your quarterback two. Um, I expect Zach Wilson to have quite a bit of a learning curve early and kind of like, I feel like he's going to have this one game where something is just going to click and he's going to be thrown on the radar. Um, so even if, if you don't draft him, this is another scenario that I fully expect to happen in quite a lot, quite a lot of leagues. If someone take a flyer on him late, he completely tanks early. I like wouldn't surprise me if he started, you know, first eight games and he has like seven touchdowns and nine interceptions or maybe even worse. I don't, I don't know, but he has, he doesn't have any great wide receivers, but he has four like good NFL wide receivers, uh, Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, um, Jamison Crowder, very proven guy. Uh, Keelan Cole is no slouch. And then they drafted uh, rookie Elijah Moore. Uh, Michael Carter is more than capable out of the backfield. Obviously he's a rookie as well. Um, so I don't want to rely on him too much, but uh, Tevin Coleman, even if they get him involved out of the backfield, he's had quite a bit of experience there um, from his time in Atlanta. So like I said, I'm not expecting Zach Wilson to be um, like some big like rookie steal or anything like that, but it would not shock me if let's say week 10 through week 16, week 10 through the end of the season that he is a top 18 quarterback that you can maybe like if they get some sort of like Raiders game or something like that, just some game against some bad defense. And you're like, ah, oh, crap, you know, like, let's say you have, I don't know, Kirk Cousins, um, who I actually really like this year. I'll talk about next, but um, 
like let's say he has some tough matchup, um, you know, like he's facing the Bears or something. He typically doesn't do very well against against my Bears. Like, and you want to throw him in, and it works out that way. I'm just saying, I think that it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean Zach Wilson to me, rookie quarterbacks are always a question. But you're talking about at the end of the or the mid season there, the 10 through 16 weeks or whatever, where those guys can really pop off. So he'd be a nice waiver wire selection for me. But you're talking about those two quarterback leagues. I can see him stashed, being stashed on a bench somewhere, and uh, having a game like you said against the Raiders where he could pop off. I mean, just quarterbacks in the past. We're talking Sam Darnold, um, who I'll get to in a little bit, but. I mean, they have all they have, they have this little, all this potential to be good, and it's fine in the right scheme. Um, Zach Wilson was obviously the handpicked guy for their new head coach, um, so hopefully things go better for him than they did for Darnold. But I think I do think that um, the Jets are doing a better job surrounding him with weapons to it. I guess keep that rookie season afloat for him, and hopefully he doesn't drown right away. Yeah, I mean he has all the talent in the world. Um, it's just you know how is he going to click? He didn't face crazy good competition at BYU. So that's why I keep saying that there could be an early learning curve. Um, and it, who knows, I could very well be wrong and it takes this whole year and he never really catches it this, catches on this year. Um, also, they don't really have, any, like, they don't really have anybody to replace him with. So there's no yeah. risk of him really getting benched. Like, yeah. it, is, uh, it, it is Zach Wilson's job. Nobody's going to take it. So, um, all right, Nathan, give us your number two undervalued quarterback. Number two undervalued quarterback is Jordan. No, I'm kidding. It's not. All right. It's going to be um, Tyrod Taylor of the Houston Texans. All right. Now, this only works if Deshaun Watson doesn't play this season, and I doubt Deshaun Watson sets foot on the football field this season. Mm. So, Tyrod Taylor is the man for the Houston Texans. Let's take a trip through history for Tyrod Taylor. All right. Gets out of Baltimore. All right. That's a Super Bowl champion with the Ravens as a back to the Joe Flacco. Cool. Uh, gets out of Baltimore, goes to Buffalo where he's the starting quarterback. All right. I mean, throws for 3,000 yards in back-to-back seasons, uh, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions in the first year, 17 touchdowns, six interceptions the next year. All right. Then we move to 2017. All right. And he's still putting up big numbers. All right. But I'm looking here at a game where he did not stay. He played in 15 games and started 14. You remember, he got benched for Nathan Peterman. Um, Nathan Peterman, yeah, that's that says all you need to know right there. Like, like everybody knows who Nathan Peterman is, and it's not for a good reason. It's, it's not for a good reason, all right? I mean, Peterman threw six interceptions in the first half or something, five or six in the first five, half. Five, I think, yeah. Five in the first half, yeah. Um, so – yeah, he doesn't resign with the Bills after that season. The Bills go in a completely different direction, Josh Allen, anyway. But, I mean, he still threw for 2,799 yards, 14 touchdowns, only four interceptions. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. That's what I'm getting at here. The next season, he signs with the Cleveland Browns. Well, the Cleveland Browns are the number one pick. And the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. And the Browns are like, Tyron's still going to be our starter. Well, that lasted three games. Yeah. So... Tyrod leaves, goes to Los Angeles to back up Phillip Rivers. All right. And first year, I mean, didn't do too much. Saw action in eight games, only threw six passes, but completed 66% of them. Threw a touchdown. And four, four out of six passes threw a touchdown. So, hey, that's not bad. And Phillip Rivers in the next year, 2020, leaves to go to Indianapolis. Well, guess what the Chargers decided to do? They drafted Justin Herbert. 
But guess what? Tyrod Taylor is still the starting quarterback. <laughs> right? Tyrod Taylor is still going to be our starting quarterback until the team doctor punctures his lung. And then Justin Herbert takes off. All right. I would just like to take a second here to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Shoes by Brooke. Go check out her page on Instagram. She makes custom painted shoes that truly are a piece of artwork. So go check that out on Instagram. Let's get back to some fantasy football. But I think Tyrod's going to finally get a shot in this league. Um, since being in Buffalo, at least, he's going to get a chance to reverse his narrative, I guess. Uh, I'm not saying that he has to be that um, your quarterback one, because that's not realistic at all. But like we said with Zach Wilson, he could be that uh, – um, super flex QB two kind of bench player for you. Um, his narrow, the narrow has got to turn on Tyrod Taylor though. That's why I have him at two, especially if he does get that opportunity. The Texans aren't going to be very good this season. So he's going to be putting up some garbage time stats in the fourth quarter. Um, as long as he can hold off, I think they drafted a rookie quarterback here. Let me check real quick. Smells out of Stanford. Okay, yeah. So I, as long as he can hold that guy, that kid off out of Stanford, I think um, yeah, Tyrod Taylor. Can at least be a uh, bench quarterback, like two quarterback league or two quarterback league. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, it's Tyrod Taylor, and then behind him is Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. So I don't like David, like Jeff Driscoll doesn't move the needle for Tyrod at all. Um, Davis Mills, I mean, if my I guess my only concern would be like they're so bad that at the end <laughs> of the year they're like, all right, Davis Mills, go play football. <laughs> like yeah. that that would be my only concern about him but I do like um he also has the rushing upside which is always yeah. nice um kind of uh increases his floor there a little bit um and it's very possible that he's running for his life anyway so <laughs> <laughs> like that for fantasy could be an okay thing he's a very reliable guy that's going to get you 12 13 points a game which is nice on bye weeks yeah and it's not like his I mean it's not like he doesn't have wide receivers to throw to. I mean, Brandon Cooks is no slouch. He outperforms his ADP every single year. Um, I mean, yeah, Anthony – I mean, obviously being a Bears fan, I have my own opinions about Anthony Miller, but <laughs> fresh starts do usually do – I shouldn't say usually. Sometimes do people some good. So, um, still have TTQT, um, guys like that. So, you know, he's throwing to guys with some experience. Like, he's – it's not like he's throwing to – it's not like he has the Lions wide receiver core, like, He's okay. He'll be okay. Um, all right. My number two quarterback, um, as I mentioned, uh, kind of as I was going through my Zach Wilson explanation, is Kirk Cousins. So, uh-huh. Kirk, you like that Cousins. Um, Kirk siblings. All right. So, <laughs> I can't believe, like, we're talking about Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers on this video, but here we are. Can't help it. That's the world that I live in, being a Bears fan. Um, so Kirk Cousins last year from week six on, so week six, fairly early in the season, um, like 10 weeks of fantasy, 11 weeks of fantasy actually, um, was a top 10 quarterback. So that's low end, um, QB ones. If you're in a 10 team league, uh, I guess still low end if you're, uh, if you are in a 12 team league as well, but either way, QB one numbers from week six on. From week nine on, he was a top six quarterback. So we're not like we're starting to look at like mid-range quarterback one in a 12-team league. So I mean, like, no, like he was absolutely no slouch. Like I I know a decent amount of Vikings fans and they hate Kirk Cousins. And I'm like, 
you know what? He'd be the best quarterback in Bears history. I love Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if that's just, if that's kind of the view of it, um, like from my end. But I'm like, I, I really do not mind having Kirk Cousins at his ADP at all. Um, you know, he's like, let me let me just double check who's going in front of him because I was there's a couple names I was like, Tuck. um, so th- this year, like 2021. Right now, Deshaun Watson is going ahead of Kirk Cousins. And that is with everybody knowing exactly what the situation is with Deshaun Watson. People are taking him ahead of Kirk Cousins. Um, Some other people going ahead of Kirk Cousins. um, Baker Mayfield, who I said I absolutely do not like. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, who in the last video you said you were not a fan of. like, gosh, if you are if you are in a two-quarterback league and you have Kirk Cousins as your number two quarterback, like, you have nothing to worry about. You can just set your quarterbacks and kind of forget about it. Um, he does have, like, some really rough games every now and then. So if he is facing, you know, I mentioned he's usually not great against the Bears. If it's somebody like that and you have a capable um, QB3, go ahead and throw them in. But, like, otherwise – once they, they really leaned on Dalvin Cook pretty heavy early on last year, and things started to even out a little bit. And when that happened, he kind of like he kind of took off quietly. Like even when he was doing really really well, people weren't talking about it. Like I feel like just if people went back and looked at his stats last year, they'd be like, really? Like that? Like that's a good season from Kirk Cousins right there. And he's I mean you got Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen, um, a lot of people, I'm not crazy high on Irv Smith Jr. because, like, even Kyle Rudolph's, like, top fantasy years were not super special. But, like, Irv Smith, very, very good um, pass-catching tight end. This is without Kyle Rudolph in the picture. No, Kyle Rudolph's with the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, if I get Kirk Cousins as my QB2 in a two-quarterback league or if I draft someone – if it's a one-quarterback league and let's say I grab someone um, like Russell Wilson who had like nope. second half just doesn't have it, um, like I'll go – I'll grab Kirk Cousins and like I feel good about having him to replace Russell Wilson if that's just how the draft falls out for yeah. him. So, um, yeah. I mean, we both yeah, have no, I like, a lot of experience with Kirk Cousins. So we're going yeah, no, I like Kirk Cousins. Like, I, I like Kirk Cousins. I mean, that component of Justin Jefferson, I mean, rising star now in this league, and Adam Thielen, that's two quality weapons for Kirk Cousins to throw to. Um, the defense is the NFC North. I mean, Bears are pretty good, but Packers, you saw Kevin King get burnt in the NFC Championship. Yeah. Lions are the bottom dollars of the conference. I mean, you get four games against the Packers and the Lions every year. Yeah. That's some good company for Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you got the safety out of, you know, dumping one off to Alexander Madison or Dalvin Cook. So, yeah. Yeah. He's so point. That, yeah. Dalvin, they're that backfield out of the, or that, um, those running backs out of the backfield are no slouches either in terms of catching passes, both, both capable. Yeah. So, and uh, I don't, do they still have Amir Abdullah? I think so. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he's been a good pass catching back his whole career as well. So, um, really no excuses for Kirk Cousins to not be um, probably a fringe tier one or a fringe uh, QB one is about where I have him. Uh, I have him at uh, QB 14. 
So yeah, okay. like we're looking at a safe probably QB 14 and with some upside. Um, so Absolutely. yeah. All right, Nathan, give us your number one undervalued quarterback. All right. So originally when we talked about doing our quarterbacks, we ran into the problem of Kirk Cousins because I want Kirk Cousins on my side too. <laughs> and so I said, you could have him. I need to find my third one. So yeah. um, I was going to put this guy as my third quarterback, obviously with Tyrod and Aaron Rodgers being firm one and two. And then I dove into the stats a little bit more. I'm like, oh, this guy's got to be up there. This guy's, this guy's a sleeper for sure. All right. Sam Darnold, the Carolina Panthers. That's what I'm going with. And say what you want with the Jets. You, I mean, it's the Jets. I understand. Yep. Last season, the Panthers quarterback was Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. And that's who uh, Darnold's going to replace this season in Carolina. And the record obviously was terrible for the Panthers, but the stats for Bridgewater weren't necessarily bad. 3,733 yards, uh, 15 touchdowns which isn't bad for a back quarterback in a fantasy football league. Um, that, but that, the thing is he put up, if I can find it, he put up, there we go. He put up 241 fantasy points last season. All right. And he had to come on the ground game, obviously, but he put up 241 fantasy points. And that is the same amount as Jared Goff of the St. Louis or the Los Angeles Rams, my bad, who's now with the lions um, put up, uh, just about as many as um, Baker Mayfield, right, who we talked about already, and put up more than Daniel Jones, guys that are going above him. I mean, this is Teddy Bridgewater, but put, same amount of points as Ben Roethlisberger. And he didn't have Christian McCaffrey for most of the season. Sam Darnold gets Christian McCaffrey yeah. for the season. So those little dump-off passes, that's going to improve his stock even more. I mean, Sam Darnold right now is projected to go as the 30th-ranked quarterback off the board, okay, behind guys like Cam Newton. I'm not really sold on Cam Newton. Uh, I think Matt Jones is going to replace him at some point in the season. Uh, Jameis Winston, who I talked about with the Saints in my last video, eh, I don't like him. Uh, Jared Goff, I don't like the Lions. I mean, Zach Wilson's kind of – I mean, Zach Wilson at 26 is kind of where I put Sam Darnold. I put him right around this uh, Zach Wilson range, right around Derek Carr, all right? Sam Darnold – I mean, DJ Moore's a quality weapon. They get C-Mac back. Panthers have these weapons to throw to. And Robbie Anderson, that's the connection with Robbie Anderson back in the Jets days. I think that Sam Darnold's going to flourish in the Carolina Panthers offense, all right? I mean, last season, Bridgewater was right around those QB2 kind of guys. I expect Darnold, Darnold to be right around there this year with the addition of C-Mac back in the backfield for the Panthers. Yeah, I think the upside is very much there for Sam Darnold. Um, I mean, it's not even like, yeah, he obviously has like, like a rapport that has carried over with Robbie Anderson, most likely. I mean, you also have DJ Moore, who has had, I believe, like four really good seasons in a row with dreadful quarterback yes. play. Um, and then they drafted Terrace Marshall. So they all like three good wide receivers. Um uh, they've seemed, I don't know if anybody else saw that, like behind the scenes with the Dan Arnold uh, contract negotiation. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, go Google it. It's just like, it's kind of really cool to see stuff like that. Um, just by watching the video, you would have thought that they did not sign him, but they did. Um, so obviously they like him because um, they jumped through some hoops to get him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I really like the upside there. You said he's going at quarterback 30. I have him at quarterback 20. 
um, just based on upside. That's in a one quarter, I should specify that's in my one quarterback league rankings. I have him at number 20. Um, again, I probably not someone that I want to necessarily rely on right out of the gate, but definitely somebody I'm willing to take a chance on late. Um, yep. Yeah. He's so, kind of right around that Tyrod, Taylor, Zach Wilson kind of range for me that we've been talking about. Um, just kind of guy that can you can plug and play on a bye week, quarterback yep. three for your fantasy roster from two quarterback league. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, he gets to face those, uh, you know, Eagles and Cowboys DBs too. <laughs> I think I don't know if that's who they get this year. Actually, and I might be wrong on that. I mean, even in, in, in his last division, place, I mean, look at the last place. Yeah, I mean, in his division, last place team that ends East. So, yeah, so was that the Eagles last year? I can't think of who. Like that the whole division was. They all they're all around the same record. I know. It might be it might be the Eagles, but they're you know, all bad. You know, in his own division, uh, you know, Falcons defense, <laughs> like twice. Yeah, twice. If you're kind of in a pinch on one of those weeks, go for it. Lions defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, my uh, number one undervalued quarterback, and I feel like Mitchell Trubisky nailed it. How did you know? I absolutely love Mitchell Trubisky this year. Who doesn't? No, absolutely not, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I feel like I always think this about this player every single year, uh, and he outperforms his ADP. He's outperformed his ADP the last two years, um, and he is going to again this year. And that is Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. He is currently going uh, at best around quarterback ten. Uh, I've seen him go after Jalen Hurts in quite a few mock drafts, um, and I mean the 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 rushing upside, of course, is there with with Jalen Hurts, right? Like, that's the argument in taking Hurts over Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill had seven rushing touchdowns last year. Like, I feel like, like, I when I went on and researched him, I was like, seven? And I, like, kind of skimmed across to make sure that I was, like, reading on the right line. It's like, yeah, Ryan Tannehill had seven rushing touchdowns. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm, like, not expecting that. I didn't, I didn't put, I didn't, like, take that into consideration big time with my rankings. But, I mean, that does make me think, oh, okay, like, I had him for three. Maybe I bumped that up to four or five then. Um, so that uh, he is consistently going behind Tom Brady, and he finished higher than Tom Brady, and Tom Brady had 130 more pass attempts last year. Um, so last year, uh, let's see, uh, Ryan Tannehill finished QB7 last year over the entire course of the year, and he's going quarterback 10. Um, I do think that they are going to be throwing the ball quite a bit more because they got some wide receiver named Julio Jones. Um, I'll have to do my research to figure out who that is. Um, obviously kidding. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, like, are like, you are not handing the ball off to Derrick Henry 400 times a game. Like, they're going – he's going to – like, he finishes QB7 while handing the ball off to Derrick Henry, I think, to, put, to give the exact number 378 times. Like, that's – just, I mean, gosh, I just can't believe that he's going at quarterback 10. I am perfectly comfortable. If I come away in a one-quarterback league and Ryan Tannehill is my starting quarterback, I am more than pleased with that because not only that, but you probably filled out the rest of your roster really, really well. So I I just absolutely love getting him where he is right now. Um, I, Gosh, I mean, I will – I'm fine. I'm fine waiting on him in, in all of my drafts, honestly. Yeah. 
I think Ryan Tannehill to me has the stigma of a guy that is kind of washed up because he did not play in 2017. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair to him because I mean with the Dolphins, there's this there's this ongoing joke to that we went eight and eight. And yes, he always went eight and eight with the Dolphins, basically. He was average. But, like that's what, what he was. <laughs> right. And he was average. He was a mediocre quarterback. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But he's still throwing for around I mean, his first four seasons in the NFL, he threw around for 4,000 4, yards and 24, 27 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions. I mean, that's before the injury. Right. Now we're coming off the injury when the Dolphins got rid of him in 2018, after the 2018 season, goes to Tennessee, and everybody's like, oh, he's washed up. It's just a filler quarterback for the Titans. And he only played in 12 games. I mean, he's, he does get injured, but 2,000 passing yards – or 2,700 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, 600 savages, then follows it up the next season, playing a full season, going 11-5, and five, throwing for almost 4,000 yards and throwing for 33 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. And then you add in the Kamala, they have seven rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill's back. All right. I mean, maybe yeah. not – I mean, he's better than he was in Miami. Oh, yeah, way better. I mean, even – like you could see right when he came in, um, that, that 12-season game was when he came in for uh, Marcus Mariota. And I yes. mean, you could like, I mean, you can kind of see just like the Adam Gase effect that he has on guys <laughs> in a bad way. Cause you get out of that Adam Gase. Um, I don't, I don't even want to call it a scheme cause that seems too nice to call it a scheme, but just like get away from Adam Gase and you get better is kind of how it seems. One, just, um, just going back to Adam Gase now, because I, had, I was curious to look at that. His first season of the Dolphins, they went 10-6, and six, but they lost okay. in the wild card mm-hmm. round. Yeah. And then 6-10, 7-9. Then he goes to the Jets. They go 7-9 his first season of the Jets, but then the Adam Gase effect kicked in and they went 2-14. and 14. Yep. Adam Gase is 9-23 and 23 as a career head coach. And, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, it obviously helps having Derrick Henry as a running back. Like, we didn't. Oh, absolutely. Take that in, into consideration, but, like, I mean, doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. that, like, like it doesn't like. It's not like he's going to get less points because he gets benefits from his amazing running back. Like, right. uh, that that sounded weird, because because his running back is so good, it's not like he's getting less fantasy points. Like, we have a lot of teams, a lot of quarterbacks with good running backs. So, I just I don't know. I I still I just can't believe that he is getting slept on yet again um after last year yeah it's just simple like i'm sorry i'm just like i'm still looking at his numbers like i'm just like how how can you how can you expect them to hand the ball off 400 times again like you just can't if they if they were planning on doing that i don't think that they would have gone out and gotten julio jones like oh gosh my variable offense is i mean it's interesting but it suits Ryan Tannehill, and that's why Ryan Tannehill's been so successful. Yeah. I don't know why he's going behind Jalen Hurts in drafts. He's definitely better than Tom Brady, in my opinion. I mean, no disrespect to Tom Brady, but yeah, I think it, like he's going behind. Um, I mean, there's obviously the upside with Joe Burrow, but coming off that injury behind a bad offensive line. Yeah. Um, Come on, Russell Wilson. Too, Russell Wilson, who I <laughs> made clear that I really just don't want to deal with after week six. Um, and I don't, I don't even really want to deal with trading him either because I feel like people have kind of caught on to like what happens with Russell Wilson. You're in our league, you didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah.
Those are our six running backs and six quarterbacks that we feel are undervalued in this year's fantasy football drafts. Thank you all very much for listening. Until next time.